Hiya, and welcome to the Full-Time Artist Podcast with me, your host, artist and creative mentor, Nick Everest. This potty is here for all of you creative humans who are wanting to build your creative practice into a life of abundance, ease, and where you can work your passion full-time. Over the past five years, I've built a thriving creative career where I'm now earning more than I ever did in my muggle job as a physiotherapist. I am now helping other amazing creatives turning their passion into their full-time job using my signature framework, The Thriving Artist Method. In this podcast, we look behind the scenes of how I've built my creative career and talk with amazing guests who will help you build yours too. If you're a driven, creative human, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> Welcome to the very first official episode of the Full-Time Artist Podcast. I am so excited to be here today chatting with you through your earbuds and starting the conversation about building a full-time creative career. I have mentioned this before in the trailer, but this podcast has been a long time coming and I am a little bit excited about this being the first episode and to be sitting here recording this for you all. So please excuse my very excited tones, my fluctuating voice as you're you know, on your morning walk, having your coffee, whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for being here and joining in on this very first episode. So let's get into it today. What we're going to be talking about with you We'll be going through my own journey to working full-time as an artist, the biggest lessons I learned along the way, and how by following the steps in the Thriving Artist Method has helped me get to where I am today and is the exact method that I now go through with creative humans just like you to help them be building their own unique creative careers, right? So... As you've heard in the trailer, you will know that I went to university and studied as a physiotherapist. One of the biggest motivations behind this career choice was my love of helping people. This has been, helping others has been an innate thing all my life, something that I've always been drawn to, always have loved. But also I could say it was because I was a sporty and brainy kid, so it was the obvious career's choice. And as an 18-year-old, I think a lot of us, we just don't have no idea what we want to do. So I just followed what the grown-up said and (laughs) went with physiotherapy, right? Then uh, about, you know, one year into my physiotherapy work, I realized my dream of helping others, helping everyone who needed it, of seeing amazing client results, of loving my work, just wasn't my reality, The systems where I was working meant that not everyone who needed help was able to receive it. Not all my clients were motivated to improve their well-being. And while I have some amazing memories from that time and while I was excelling at my work, I also was becoming a shell of myself. I was stressed, unmotivated, very uninspired. I was falling more and more down that rabbit hole. And that's when in desperation, basically, I turned to the thing that brought me joy. And that was my creativity, my drawing, my painting, my crafting. So fast forward, you know, I very quickly became obsessed. And within about three months, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to build this beautiful full-time creative career. I'm going to completely switch paths with, you know, no study, no idea of the art world, no one in the art community that I knew. I was like, yep, I'm doing this thing. (laughs) And (laughs) I 
<laughs> I laugh now because I just really want to emphasize how crazy this was at the time. My partner and I had just decided to move towns from Melbourne to Geelong. We just bought a house. So I was going into the world of mortgage repayments uh, with about $9,000 savings in the bank and with having sold one painting with my only future, you know, prospects of earning money being, you know, selling paintings, creating work. That was it. That's all I had my heart set on. So it was a little bit of a reach, a little bit crazy at that time. And this brings me to our very first tip on the very first episode of the Full-Time Artist Podcast, which may be an unpopular opinion, but I think this is so important in building a thriving, sustainable, creative career. And I'm going to tell you why, but the very first tip is do not quit your day job. Do not quit your day job. And I say this knowing that at some point there will be a crossover where you have no choice but to quit your day job and jump into the full-time artist gig to chase that dreams, to complete, you know, that life that you're aiming for. But I think it's really important to build the foundations of your creative practice first and I'm going to go into why. So that first six months for me after quitting my physiotherapy job and chasing a creative career was basically a haze of overwhelm, of procrastination, of self-doubt, of worry about finances. You know, there was a constant battle of spending money on supplies, spending money on exhibitions, my website, all of the things that you need to build your creative career but then still having enough money to feed myself and to pay my mortgage and just the very basics that you need to survive, right? And so eventually it came to a point where I had to succumb to those financial pressures and I had to go back and work part-time as a physiotherapist. So, you know, while in that six months, I did paint a lot and I did learn a lot, I was so overcome with, you know, overwhelmed procrastination, stress, worry, all of those things that, you know, I was spending a lot of time watching reality TV and doing things that weren't helping my creative practice purely because I had no idea what I was doing. I was stressing about money. I couldn't spend the money I needed to build my creative practice. And so eventually I had to go back to my part-time job. And even though at the time that felt like a massive failure, it felt you know, that it it was a really tough time and a tough decision to make that call to go back to my part-time job. I am so grateful that I I made that decision and started having that money to, to do the basics of life, to feed myself, to pay my mortgage, because then it allowed me some more creative freedom. Because I really believe the best way to build a sustainable a sustainable creative business is to own in your craft. And this is one of the pillars that I that has been built into the thriving artist method is your craft. If you can tap into your uniqueness as a creative human, your unique story, your unique upbringing, influences, talents, then you can build a brand that is so uniquely yours that you will stand out from the crowd, right? It also means that you're going to stay consistently inspired because you're doing the work that 
is driven by the things that you love that lights you up. So you're going to be constantly inspired. You're going to have ideas. You're going to want to push yourself creatively. So it's a twofold thing by having that financial freedom to be exploring, experimenting, developing your craft, developing your unique style. It's going to build a very unique brand to you that is going to attract the audience of like-minded people that like the same things as you, that are interested in the same things that attach to that story that you have built into your craft, but it's also going to help keep you constantly inspired. So I really, I cannot talk to this enough that having some financial income, some financial backing as you're building your creative practice so that you can focus on your unique craft is such an essential step and such an essential foundational step in building a sustainable, abundant and solid creative career. So that is my very, very first tip on this podcast. Do not quit your day job until it's the right time, until you have built that solid foundation to then jump off. Because if you go too soon, there is a massive risk of following trends, of you having to make money from your art. So sometimes without even realizing, you will you will look towards what is selling what are people buying how can I you know produce work that will is you know perfect for this market right now and it'll see your creative work following trends and while I don't think that that is a good idea sure you make might make a sale here and there one if you're following trends the market is so saturated with people who maybe that is genuinely their unique style and it just so happens to be a trend at the minute. So perfect for them. And you're just sort of copying to try and follow that trend to make sales. So it's not your unique vibe. It's not your unique craft. You're going to have to change that style as the trends change because we know that trends change. So it's not a way to build a sustainable business and you're not going to stand out from the crowd because it's not your unique story and it's not unique to you. Right? So by having that financial backing, then you do, you can avoid that pressure to be making money from your art and that inadvertent thing that can happen to us where even without realizing, you can start to be following the trends. So cannot speak to that enough. Having some financial backing, really important in building what I call my first pillar is your craft and really making that unique to you so you can stand out, right? Okay. So back to the story. So after that time of going back to being a part-time physiotherapist and then having that backing, in the next three to four years, I was able to build my financial income to then be earning more than I was as a physiotherapist, so then no longer needing to work as a physiotherapist. So I built my creative practice, my creative career to a place where I could make that jump into full-time artist. And this journey, this came with a lot of ups and downs, a lot of lessons learned, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of self-growth. And while I look back now, there are so many things that I would change so many times when it took me months to apply to a gallery that I wish I'd done sooner. You know, so many procrastinations and um, opportunities that I, you know, was too nervous to take or or that I didn't see and I missed. So many things that I would look back now and change in order to speed up that process to get to the full-time creative career sooner. But what I've realized 
is that by going through that process by, you know, at that time I was actively looking for, for mentors, for people to help me, for people to guide me on that path. And I could not find any. And I think the reason why that is my journey and that is my story is so that I can be sitting here today and sharing the lessons that I've learned along the way so that hopefully I can be helping other creatives, you know, get on that path and build their creative practice and business that they are wanting, that they are striving for a hell of a lot quicker than what I was able to. So I now know that my love of helping people has come out in this way and in my mentoring and now in this podcast. So that is my journey and my story. And I guess what I can share with you now is the lessons that I learned along the way, right? So there was a couple of key things that I sort of built into a bit later in my creative career that I wish I had have started straight away. One of the key key elements that I wish I had have focused on earlier in my creative career was my creative practice, was how to stay motivated, was how to make the most of the time, the very limited time I had while I was working part-time and doing all those things that life throws at you. And this has now become the second pillar of the Thriving Artist Method because I really think focusing on your creative practice and building that consistency is key in building that thriving creative career. So what this looked like for me, especially in that six month physio hiatus was a lot of procrastination was, as I mentioned before, a lot of reality TV watching, a lot of avoidance, a lot of overwhelm, which most of the time relates to procrastination, doing things that really weren't helping me move forward. So as I was going, you know, going through the years and building my creative career, What I realized was if I can become more efficient with my creative practice, more consistent, if I was able to stay more motivated and inspired and make the most of my time, then I will be consistently doing those one percenters and taking those steps towards building my creative practice. And I would get there a lot sooner than what I had been over the last, you know, previous years. Right. And so the biggest lesson I learned and the biggest thing I learned with this, with improving my creative practice was overcoming procrastination, was figuring out why I was procrastinating, why I was getting, you know, (laughs) sitting down at my creative desk and then all of a sudden I was scrolling on social media or I turned the TV on or doing whatever I did or going for another nap that I did definitely did not need. And the, the key for overcoming procrastination is really thinking about and talking about why am I procrastinating? Like, what is the hidden emotion, hidden behavior behind this, you know, procrastination? And for me, a lot of that time, it was fear of failure, fear of the unknown, being overwhelmed and not knowing the, the next steps. And I think really identifying why it is that you're getting to your desk and then you're so inspired, you, you don't get any work done why it is that your you know to-do list is so long but you end up watching a full day of reality TV and identifying what is the the emotion what is the feeling behind it is it fear is it overwhelm is it stress whatever it is and then we can face that fear that that feeling head on and and look at putting in steps and practices to overcome that so that we can build more consistency right so 
one of the big biggest ones, I'll go through one example of, because there are many reasons why I procrastinated and I'm sure there are many reasons for you as well. But one of them really was a fear of failure, something that it took me a lot to overcome. Anytime I was getting out of my comfort zone, I would find that my levels and hours of procrastination were going up quite a lot. And to overcome this fear of failure, I had to go through that process of rewiring my thought process and understanding that for me to build the creative career that I'm wanting to, that I'm, you know, desire that I envision in my life the full-time thriving creative career that I'm going to fail at some points in my in my in my journey. There is going to be big failures. It's not going to feel great at times, but they are going to happen because anytime we go out of our comfort zone and do something that we're not familiar with, there is that chance we're going to fail. And if it takes us months on end to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone again, then that's just going to extend the process of our, our us succeeding so I started very slowly and very small putting myself out of my comfort zone frequently I started you know getting more comfortable with rejection and and starting to flip that rejection on its head to be like this isn't a failure this is a learning opportunity where I'm going to learn pivot what my strategy and go again right and the more I did this the more I put myself out of that comfort zone and got used to those mini rejections the more I realized hey like then it's not the end of the world like it's it's really not so bad that the world doesn't you know blow up if I get a rejection I can get through this I'm strong enough I'm brave enough I can get through this and then by going through that process you know I noticed that my procrastination was lessening but I had to actively identify those feelings so that I could go through that process and by doing that I was then able to build way more consistency in my creative practice I was able to get to my desk and do the things that I needed to do to push me forward without having hours on end of procrastination so that is a really key element in in building a thriving creative career is building consistency in your creative practice, showing up for your craft, showing up for your creative business and doing the stuff that is hard and scary and, and building that consistency because that's the stepping stones. The 1% is the things you need to be doing to be moving your creative career forward. And another just really big tip here is to when you don't know if, if you don't know the next steps, if you don't know how to apply for the gallery, if you don't know how to make a print of your work, if you don't know how to do something is to reach out and ask for help. That can be so valuable and you would be surprised how many artists are more than willing to offer their help, to tell you how they've done it, to give you guidance. I think that was something that I learned later on in my creative career um, that I wish I had learned earlier is to ask for help because that can honestly that can be the quickest way to find out how to do something and to overcome that procrastination and to do the thing that's scaring you so definitely add that into your tool belt too so then one of the other really key elements that I identified when building my creative career is that while I was building my unique craft and I was getting really good and consistent with my practice the final ingredient that I really needed to be focused on building was my audience right was attracting and connecting with the audience of people who will 
who will support me in my work, who will turn into collectors of my work. And so then this became the third pillar of my thriving artist method is finding and connecting with your audience. And I believe it is so valuable to be connecting with and building your audience right from the start of your creative career. I have countless stories of people who have been following me since, you know, all the way back when I was producing work that, you know, was definitely not <laughs> not reflected in my mind's eye my idea my work my skill level wasn't quite up to that I was still developing my ideas I was still experimenting with different styles but I was also sharing all of this on social media and with the people in my life in the real world and these people now are some of my biggest supporters you know they've been following me since the very start they now you know talk to their cafe you know, cafes, hairdressers, people they know about my work. Multiple people have turned into collectors and then, you know, multi-collectors. They have multiple pieces of my work because they've been following me from the start and they've been part of my journey. And I think this is a really key thing. And a lot of, a lot of people get really, really scared to show their work before they think it's ready. But I cannot encourage you enough to put your work out there even before you think it's perfect, even before you think it's ready, because that is how we start that process of building our audience. And if we're doing building our craft, our practice and our audience simultaneously, then this is how we're going to build an abundant creative career, right? So I think with social media, especially, I know it can be really really hard for people to be vulnerable and to put themselves out there on social media but just think about the accounts that you like the people that you like to follow and I bet you a lot of those accounts are people sharing who they are sharing their story popping their faces on there talking about their work and building that community feel with their audience making it less of a stage where you show up and perform and people like it or don't like it and instead be more of a conversation more of a community feel right where it's a two-way street where you ask questions they ask questions you communicate together because I think that is the best way to build a, an audience of supporters who will then turn into collectors because it's most likely that the people who are following you are like-minded people. They enjoy the same things as you, right? Like they enjoy, if you are an artist who produces wool, woolen wall hangings, then your audience members who like your work are probably people who also enjoy knitting or have lots of scarves or enjoy winter or <laughs> whatever it is. And they probably have like-minded, similar, similar joys, similar hobbies, similar things um, related to you as well. So by, uh, by having that two-way street and making building that connections with your audience, that can be a really valuable, really valuable part of building your creative career. And the other key thing I want to say here, I hear it all the time is, you know, people coming up to me and saying, I only have, you know, a thousand followers, I only have a hundred followers, I only have 500 followers. Like how do I, you know, build, build, build. But I really want you to focus on no matter how many followers or, or audience members you have or, you know, people in your life that support your work, think about cultivating that relationship, cultivating that community feel. Because if you have a thousand, for example, if you have a thousand true followers, true 
you know, people who who really want to support you and follow your work, who then spend $100 a year on your work, $100, that could be a print, that could be a calendar, that could be, you know, a workshop, whatever it is, $100, then that is $100,000 for that year, right? That's not a bad income. That's not a bad yearly income. So we can build you know, abundant creative careers, even if we don't have 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 followers. It's really about building that community feel and, and sharing, inviting your audience into the journey of, of your art, into your journey, into your story and allowing them to connect with you. Yeah. So <laughs> just to reiterate all that, because I'm going to have to go back and listen to what I've been saying, because I kind of just went on a few tangents, but the really important aspects of some really key elements of my creative practice that are now part of the thriving artist method are your craft your practice and your audience i think these are really three really key steps in building a thriving sustainable and soul-led creative career i hope this episode has given you some good tips and insights into how i've built my creative career into a full-time gig and start the conversation for you of ideas and things you can incorporate into your own creative practice into building your creative business into the career that you're looking for right and if you want to keep the conversation going if you have questions about this episode and you want to reach out please join us at the full-time artist collective facebook group here we there's a question there where we can ask questions about the podcast episodes Uh, And also when I have guests on, you can ask questions exclusively to those guests as well. So please join. It's absolutely free to join and we'd love to have you over there. And while I'm going, one of the biggest questions that I keep getting asked and a really big challenge for a lot of artists is how to price their work. It can be a really confronting, a really anxiety ridden process of pricing your work. So I thought I would share with you guys a spreadsheet that I use to price my own work. It talks about the materials. It talks about the hours. All you do is sort of fill in, fill in the spaces and then it'll come up with a figure for you at the end that gives you an idea of whereabouts your art should be priced. And there's a few other key elements in there in the spreadsheet that you can look at to make sure that what you're pricing your work is is going to be is it going to be a price that's going to enable you to build a thriving sustainable creative career. So this is absolutely free. Just go to www.nickeverest.com forward slash free and then you can download the spreadsheet and have a look at how you're pricing your work now if it's something that you struggle with this might be the perfect prompt to see whereabouts you stand with your prices this is how I price my work so every artist does it a little bit differently and go with whatever works for you but I think this could be a great starter for you all right guys thank you so much for being here for the first episode I am just absolutely pumped that that this recording is here and that this podcast episode is coming out tomorrow if you're following along live for this launch week we're going to have our second episode which is the three most asked questions about building a creative career and then we have our first interview guest on on wednesday so don't miss out join us for the next two episodes as well and thank you for being here have a wonderful day i'll talk to you soon Whoa.